Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited to be with y'all today. want to welcome you to another episode of The Inspired House with Desmond Davis. I'm, of course, your host, Desmond Davis. And y'all, I, 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 can't, I can't wait. I have a really dope guest, um, somebody who's close to me, close to my heart. This, this dude is like a brother. He is a brother to me. He is my brother. Um, and I'm really excited for y'all to meet this person. Um, probably one of the most gifted people that I know on this planet. And I know a lot of people for what it's worth. Um, and so I just, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to just get into it. Cause y'all ain't even ready for it. Right. So I'm excited, um, to present to some and introduce to others, my brother, Jared Cooper. What up, baby? What's going on boss? Man, I'm chilling, man. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? All right, man. Just chilling. My man, my man, bro. I, I'm so excited. So so for a little background for folk, um, we've been trying to get this episode shot for like a while, kind of just schedules and and family and work and projects and stuff. Just, yeah, and, and what'd you say? Football season. So you're a Bengals fan, Joe Burrow's healthy, and I don't mm -hmm. want to talk about it right now. As your quarterback's fan, healthy too, so there's no excuses. Anyway, our goal is nice. to keep people your inspired. <laughs> and, and you're trying to make me perspire um, <laughs> from nervousness, but it's cool though. But bro, I'm excited that you're here, despite the fact that you're a Bengals fan. You're still one of the most gifted people that I know, one of the most accomplished um young professionals man that i know um Thank that you. i don't i don't think a lot of people have gotten to know just yet and so i'm excited that you're on the show um that you're able to come take some time talk to my my inspired fam right shout out to the inspired fam and so bro we're just we're just gonna get right into it right so Dope. you do a lot and and you have so much um credit and accomplishments to I don't know what that is, y'all, but it's cool. We ain't even going to worry about it. Um, you've accomplished so much already. And I know currently right now you're heading up. You're the director of operations for the Levine School of Music. Um, you are a successful artist who's released a couple of singles already. You also do music ministry at churches and stuff. And so just for my audience who who don't who may not know you, uh, can you tell them a little bit about what you're doing right now in this season? Yeah, definitely. So as you already mentioned, yeah, I'm um, Senior Director of Strategic Operations at the Levine School of Music. Um, we have six campuses across the DMV, um, two in Maryland, two in D.C., two in Virginia. You know, and our mission is to provide music education, uh, not just to the public schools in the area, but also just the community. Um, arts is always one of those things that, you know, and when times get tight, when the economy's down, that's the first thing to go. Um, but anyone who's involved with music, who uh, who loves music, we know the value that it, you know, that it holds in our lives. Um, so yeah, that I currently run, you know, the campus staff. Um, I help provide strategy um, to our business operations. Um, you know, we have six campuses now, but we're trying to see what are our next opportunities? Where are we going to expand? Um, how are we going to line our actual operations day to day with the vision that our CEO is trying to build? So, 
yeah, I get to be one of the key people in that. Um, and it's a pretty exciting opportunity. Oh, man, I love that. So if so, with kind of all that you're doing, there, there's a lot of pieces that's there sort of with like the with the Levine School of Music and with being, I would argue, one of the most prestigious music schools at the very least in the DMV area um, and the type of instructors you have, the entire facilities and things that you have, you you get to work with um, a wide range of of kind of students. Right. Can't confirm or deny maybe even some um, children of different like prominent political figures. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, in terms of just kind of the the exclusivity of the education, um, but also the inclusivity of the education that you provide, it's mm -hmm. essentially like it's 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 a big deal to kind of go there. And so, with with that, what has what would you say has been maybe um, some of your greatest successes so far with the Levine School of Music as the director? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, so. Yeah, as you mentioned. Um, Levine is definitely has a great name and reputation. Um, you know, we, I mean, all of our faculty have PhDs in music, you know, sometimes in multiple uh, different disciplines. Um, so really stepping in into something that has such a rich tradition um, and partnering with our CEO, I report directly to the CEO and he's been in his role going on beginning his third year. Um, the most the most exciting thing for me is to really hear this fresh vision um, from this dynamic leader that I get to work with, uh, Jeff Tribble, um, who also started another nonprofit called The Musicianship and was brought in to really kind of pair some of his vision with Levine, um, is to really take his vision and say, okay, now how do we execute that with our actual operations? Um, so, the most exciting thing for me is to just say, okay, do we, you know, is, is that written out? Is that clear? How are we going to execute that um, going from years two and three? Um, what are different campuses actually going to look like? How do we expand? Um, so just being able to put a plan in place. Um, the biggest thing for me is actually getting my staff and my team built um, to be able to execute the way we want to. Um, so we just went through a large, I guess, strategic reorganization um, for the operations team so that we have uh, management, better management represented at each location. Um, that can be a representation of me um, and our CEO and our leadership team um, when we can't be in six places at once or more. Um, so that was a big focus of last year. And so we were recruiting a lot of talent, but then you have to develop that talent and you also have to, uh, you know, your values, your ideas, your vision. Um, it can't just be in your head and in your heart. You have to write these down. You have to get them um, written out in SOPs so that um, I think that's that's one of the scriptures I live by. Write out the vision and make it plain um, so that he who reads it can run with it. So that applies to business, too, um, in building your team. So. That's been a big part of this year. It's been super exciting, um, especially for me uh, to really see the professionals that I bring in, watch them grow. So I've had people start as coordinators, 
moved to directors, um, sometimes even out of my department. Um, you know, you train, that's when you're doing your job too well, um, you you lead people right off your team. Uh, so, <laughs> but you create opportunities for other people. So um, yeah, I think that's the fun part. So first off, wow. So you're, you're do, so you do a lot. And one of the words you said that caught my attention was this idea of kind of executing, right? Mm -hmm. And so with being a director, um, with running the day-to-day -day operations, that executing piece is really, really important and kind of being able, um, right? Like that's 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 a skill set that even like professionals and experts are talking about in articles is just the ability to get stuff done, make things happen, right? And so what has been sort of in this role that in this role that you're in that you're excelling in what has been your method for executing what has been kind of your thought process and how you go about executing that we can get into developing and vision yeah yeah well i think um my first step is sitting down with my leadership team my ceo and really understanding what his vision is and try to trying to write that out and make sure i understand it i think sometimes we come into roles with our own vision sometimes um and we're wondering why there's not as much unity or why we're not able to build um you know we want to see things grow and go upwards but when we're not building according to the same plan um then you're not going to see things grow um it's often going to go in different directions and create division so that's the first thing is making sure, you know, I'm really meeting, um, kind of keeping my own agenda in check. Um, Cause I, I have a, I'm, I'm an innovative mind. I always have a lot of ideas whenever I come into a role or a new place. Uh, wow, this is what I can see it, you know, being, um, but really making sure that my ideas actually support and build what it is that my leadership is trying to accomplish. Um, I think the next step is really trying to understand what the deliverables are, um, understanding your customer base. Uh, you know, what is their actual experience? Um, so that's really where I focused in the first year is uh, what is the experience of our, our consumers, our customers um, and our families that come to Levine? And the part two of that is what is the experience of my staff? Uh, they're the ones that actually, you know, we're kind of in our office strategizing talking about this but my my boots on the ground folks um, my campus managers my coordinators you know how are they executing the play and am i giving them the right resources so that's really step two of that um and really just again i'd mention sops making sure they know what the play is so yeah i think those are the first two steps in really just kind of getting a clear picture of what we're trying to do Okay. Okay. So you're saying then it's, it's a focus on really exec that executing, executing has to be accompanied by clarity. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Right. And so that, that kind of, that's interesting. Cause I feel like that goes sort of into what you're talking about with if, if the part and what was interesting is when you talked about executing, you mentioned how the process of executing sort of isn't just a one-stop shop it starts and it's done only with you but you name so many people 
that contribute to the process of executing. And so I think sometimes that kind of that that can be counter, um, not counterintuitive, but it can sort of challenge some mindsets, I think, Definitely. with people. And I'm interested in kind of your thought process of like how has how has that been kind of doing the execution with with other people in mind and what have been some of whether it's the lessons or some of the aha moments you've had when it comes to executing and that process involving someone besides just you because if it's just mm -hmm. you you can kind of boom this is what i got to do boom 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 but when executing involves other people what what does that look like for you how has that been kind of in in your experience so far yeah yeah i mean you hit it on the head anything worth building uh, you can't do it on your own. Um, that's just really prideful to think. I don't care how talented you are um, to think that something that you're envisioning um, that's that's of any size, that you're going to be able to complete that just in your own strength. You can be as talented, um, as driven, as passionate as you want to be. At some point, you're going to have to rely on someone else. Um, so I really take that approach. Um, I get clarity from my leader so that I can provide clarity to my team. Um, I think of the example of Peyton Manning. Um, you know, he he knows at the end of the game, his, his coach's objective is to win, win the game. So he may go in with a certain set of plays that his coach has designed, um, but based on what Peyton is seeing, because he knows that he has the authority from his coach um, and the autonomy to say, okay, I need to make a decision and I need to, you know, switch this from a pass play to a run play. Um, or I'm going to take this and run it up myself, even though I run a, a six, uh, six second 40. You know, it, it, Peyton has the autonomy to make those decisions because the objective for him is to win the game. We need to score on this drive. Um, so I've learned to really give my team clarity, say the end objective is this. Um, and you have the autonomy for me. Why would I think that you're going to approach this problem the same way that I would. I can give you, I can give you the tools, I can give you the strategy, I can give you the objective. But when I bring you on my team, I'm trusting that you're going to be able to accomplish this using your gifts. So uh, that's kind of the shepherding approach that I bring to the way I lead my team. And I think it gives great results. Wow. Okay. So first off, Peyton Manning example. That's dope. That's fire. Um, you said, why would I expect you to get it done the way I would? You, you gotta, bro. You gotta, you, you gotta. We, we gotta stop on that real quick and break that down. What do you mean by that? Like, that's a nugget right there. Break that down it for is. us. It is. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a. That's a theme on my staff. You know, I constantly say in every meeting, I say we have we have the same we work for the same company. Many of us have the same title and wear the same logo on our shirts. This is not you know, this is not the Levine logo, but, you know, we, we are going we are all different individuals trying to approach the same goal. So um, I, it would be di me disrespecting the uniqueness and how God created me to think that someone else is going to approach a problem the same way that I would. Um, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm 
introducing a project and I would I kind of look at it as, OK, these are the thing, the steps that we need to take to, you know, just project management. We're throwing this in our project management software. These are the things that we need to hit to get to completion of this project. Um, we actually divvy those sections up based on the strengths of our team. And I also not just knowing the strengths, but I know the weaknesses of my team. Um, so we actually went through how, how do I know that as a leader? Well, you know, we did things, uh, assessments like Six Working Geniuses by I think it's Patrick Lencioni. Great book to read if you're a leader. Um, we brought in uh, an HR firm, Joey Price and his crew in D.C., um, and they did a disc assessment for my entire team and gave me a nice breakdown of, wow, this is how this person likes to be led. This is how this person likes to work. So that gave me data and just information um, on top of me, just building relationships with the people on my team. You know, where do you want to be in five years? You know, what type of uh, projects do you want to have on your resume? Uh, what type of impact are you trying to leave? It's my responsibility as a leader to put them in those positions to help them grow. And I think if I do that effectively, it benefits the projects you know, that I'm it, it would be terrible if we put Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL at wide receiver. Like I say, he runs a six second 40 um, and it's, it's painful to watch, actually. So why would we put him out of position? You would think he was terrible at football when really you missed the opportunity as a leader. That was good. Yeah, we. you know, Mike, I'm going to write that down for myself. So what you're saying is, right, to, to regurgitate that, bro, is sometimes, especially for leaders who, who are leading groups, diverse groups, sometimes it may not be that the groups that you're leading are bad or that the people who are a part of your groups are bad. You might just have them in the wrong position. Exactly. Exactly. That's coaching one-on-one. That's coaching one-on-one. -on -one. Right. And I it really... That. Yeah, it really comes down if I can add one piece. Um, you know, I do approach my job as a shepherd before I'm a businessman, you know, before I'm a, a musician or even working in ministry. Um, you know, I'm entrusted to love God's people. And I take that into any position, you know, that I do. And to approach it, to approach it in that way. You're saying that, you know, you could have an employee that is not performing well, but if you're coming from the belief that this is someone who God created uniquely, can you really say that this person doesn't have value? That's, you know, so if you're coming from it, from that perspective, it, um, I think of the scripture of it's, uh, you know, God conceals a matter, but it's, I'm really paraphrase, paraphrasing this. It's up to a king to reveal it. Well, I take that as the leader's charge to reveal the mystery that God has hidden in people. So whether mm. you're on the workplace, whether you have, you're coaching athletes on a team, whether you're running a ministry, um, it's your responsibility as a leader to excavate the gifts in people and to position them in the right place to succeed. And it, again, wow. it, it benefits you 
Bro, you preaching. You preaching. It's the hey. glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of a king to find it out. That's and the that's the scripture. That's it. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. People getting business and people getting business and the word. That's exactly what that's exactly what you about to get tonight. So so then you you have kind of this unique perspective um where you're taking and gleaning the things from your spiritual walk, from your faith walk, right? Yeah. Something that like we're both like it's not something that, like we shy or hide from, right? We're both like Christians, we're both believers. And um and we take these things that we gleam from our our faith walk and bring it in those principles, those tools, right? The hard work, doing everything unto the glory of God. This idea that you're born with purpose and that you're born with the skill set and you're born with value and that makes you intrinsically valuable. Um, excuse me. And and what's interesting is is that I think this is kind of a really good segue to kind of start where did you always kind of realize that from the from the get-go when you were like going through school and college? Because it sounds like you have it down packed and you have it down packed to the point where you can, um, where you're able now to apply it, right? This idea of like, there's levels of knowledge. There's just kind of first level or surface level where you kind of know something sort of kind of, but then there's that next level where you have that knowledge and that understanding to the point where you can actually um, teach or apply it. And mm -hmm. it sounds like you have this idea and this skill set of being able to apply this, this thought process and this understanding that everybody has value so that as a leader, you're able to pull that out. What I want to know is kind of from your beginning, was that something that you've had from the get go or is that something that you've learned? Like, like where, like where did, where did this start for you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would definitely say, that comes from really stems from my encounters with with God throughout college, throughout my career. Um, what really comes from a place of me not knowing, me not knowing and seeing my own value at times, um, and having to, you know, get in God's presence and say, God, reveal your purpose from my life. Uh, why is my life so important to you? Um, and I think in that process. You know, one of my prayers were that came out of that time was, you know, God, give me your heart for people. Show me your heart for me. Um, and then that expanded to, you know, show me your heart for my wife. Show me your heart for my children. Show me your heart for my pastor. And um, I think in that process, you know, God just really began to expand that. Um, and I think I do, you know, one of my bents is as a shepherd. Some people are more evangelistic in their expression they're more they like to teach that you know i i'm at in my heart i'm a shepherd um and i think it just kind of comes at that wanting to see people go from point a to b um and i think it's because god answered that that prayer of god give me your heart for these people and um just over time he he's continued to do that so yeah that impacts how i go to work every day um you'll show up differently for the people that you're responsible for when you feel that you're charged as a leader to help them get to that next step um so yeah i think i think that's really where it stems from that is that is fire so so you're saying this is this almost is more like a purpose and a calling kind of in itself and so which i think is interesting because i think um and again, like we, 
we didn't plan or like like pre-prep this whole thing of like kind of looking at it from a faith or a purpose perspective but i think this is the the direction that we're going and i and i love it because i think oftentimes we don't want to bring the fullness of ourselves whether it's whether it's from a faith space or or whether it's um you know being like a being a person of color or whatever like the fullness of like yo this is like like this is who i am and that uniquely informs your understanding that uniquely informs your skill set that uniquely informs who you are and i think you're right when i think about for me and in in my faith and how that works out and what that looks like there is that level of like yeah this is how i fully show up like i can't i'm not about to separate this of who i am right because me at my best is when i bring my faith into the forefront right right is, is when i'm able to be my full self and when there is space for me to be my full self just how maybe the person on my left or my right needs space to kind of be them their full self so that they can operate in their gifting and stuff and and kind of with that i think that's really interesting and so let's say like when you got to when, like because you're you're at this now but when you started things out like with like college was that some was this kind of skill set and this way of viewing business was that something that you had from the get-go or is that something you like develop like through college or something yeah i think i think it was revealed um over time uh again i came in to major in football uh you know and like i and i knew it was a door for me um and i think a lot of athletes you know they they use athletics and their giftings physically to open the door to the next stage. You don't necessarily have it all figured out. You know, you're 18, 19, and you're still learning yourself. Um, but I think I had always, even in athletics, I had been thrown into leadership roles, you know, having really only started playing football uh, as a freshman um, in high school, hadn't, you know, really played it before that. Um, you know, I always wanted to just be an example. Uh, if it was like we were doing sprints, if we were, you know, just just showing up for something, I was like, OK, I got to be an example for my team. So I think that was something that God placed in me that got revealed to me over time based on the circumstances and situations that I was in. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's how we we learn a little bit about ourselves um, when I left football and, you know, due to some. You know, my knee, my knees were slowing down uh, faster than the season was pro progressing. Um, you know, we I left football and uh, started a gospel choir, and in at Alfred University, if you know anything about it, um, yeah, quite a place to start a gospel choir. But over thirty people showed up, and uh, I remember just like you know, we're prepping the music every week to teach people the songs, but. I was more concerned about, man, I think at the end of this, I need to just ask people how their grades are, how they're doing. You know, I think at the beginning of this, I need to, you know, just start it out with with prayer. And, uh, you know, my I think that's where I started to learn why wow, you really care for people and whatever vehicle, whether that's football, whether that's a gospel choir, whether that's an organization, it's all just a vehicle to be able to care for different groups of people, whatever the assignment is in that season. So uh, I think that's definitely something that I know now about myself. Um, it's part of my assignment. 
Um, but yeah, it's definitely revealed over time. Mm, I, I think that's really interesting, this concept and this idea of when we think of purpose, calling, career pursuits or whatever, in almost any situation imaginable or fathomable, it's going to require people. It's yeah. tied to people in some way, somehow. And if we lose sight of the people in the process, right, we can easily kind of become complacent and easily kind of become detached. And then all of a sudden, we're only looking at people as numbers. And so I think that's really interesting um, from a faith perspective, but also a business perspective and kind of that developing of that leader and, and the developing of that director of not just looking at your people as means and and variables and ways to execute but looking at your people as literally people with needs exactly. with hopes and dreams and desires and i think that's really fire and it kind of um it, it makes me kind of for me it's, it's reminding me of when i was really kind of working in my in my field working in higher ed before i started the davis inspire solutions and a lot of the work that i was doing was really geared to and centered around uh, students, college students, right? That's why I do the stuff that I do now with Gen Z. And I think with what you're saying, it's really resonating with me and it's helping me put words to something I wasn't really able to articulate till just now was this idea of how are you going about investing in people? And the, the outcome and the means behind what I was doing um, working in the cultural center or working as an RD or leading initiatives or speaking or putting together conferences and bringing in like all these these dope speakers like yourself, right, was because the ultimate goal was the people. And exactly. everything I was doing was just sort of a means to get to the people. And I think, bro, that there's something really, really good in there, um, especially for our audience that those people who are watching, those people who are kind of taking in the content that I hope that they don't forget that ultimately the the people are the mission. Mm -hmm. And whether it's your numbers, whether it's clients, whatever, it's 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 how are you impacting people and how is your service, your product, whatever you're doing, how is it impacting people? And are you considering those ways of how you're impacting people? And that's kind of what I'm hearing a lot. Is that does that sound about right? Exactly. Yeah, that's the mission. You know, if you look at most of the mission mission statements behind these Fortune 500 companies that you know didn't just spring up overnight, but you know they've been able to service people for multiple generations. I think of the Johnson and Johnsons and a lot of these you know family named companies. You know, at the heart of the mission is we want to provide X service to this amount of people or this group of people, um, and I think it's the companies that they continue to stay true to that. Uh, they don't they don't lose their way or they're able to adapt. Um, they're able to, uh, I think for me, what that looks like is I, I used to, I used to confuse my assignment in that season with, with that's my mission or that's my identity or my calling. Um, so when I was in higher ed, I'm like, oh, I'm called to higher ed. You know, that's, that's the best place for me to um, carry this out. So this is gonna be my career for the next 50 years. But if you see my resume, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, so I've gone from public accounting to 
higher ed to, you know, within that uh, admissions to financial aid, to being an assistant dean. And it's been what I've learned to reconcile is that I have to be a faithful to whatever the assignment is, but the mission hasn't changed. And so, yeah, when you get caught up in the assignment, um, when that assignment changes, you can you kind of lose a little bit of yourself with it. You lose a little bit of your confidence. You put so much of who you are in that, and then we're not able to pivot and carry on the mission. So that was that was critical for me to realize was, you know, depend no matter where I am, the seasons might change, the assignment, the group, the environment. Um, but I'm still who I was created to be, the same giftings, it's just in a different place. Um, so I think that's important um, for individuals to realize, you know, what are your core competencies? What are your core resources? Um, the best companies are able to know that about themselves. That's something we learn in business school. What are your core competencies? What can you do better than anybody else? You don't have to spend a lot of time, money, resources. Like this is just what you guys do hands and feet above the rest. It's good to know that. And then what are your core resources? What do you have? Maybe it's your people. Maybe it's your tech. Maybe it's your patents. You know, maybe it's your research and development um, sector. You know, if you know what that is, that's not only going to allow you to succeed, but it'll allow you to sustain success no matter what the market does. The market is going to continue to change. So that's a little bit of what I'm trying to do for Levine in my strategic role is, you know, we're, we're, we're bringing the same music education, the same excellence, but how we deliver that to a population that has changed, um, socioeconomics that have changed, even in the DMV area, that has to, that has to adapt. But our mission is the same, bring music education, excuse me, to our community. Um, so man, maybe that's not so much in person as it is digital now. Um, you know, so that changes a lot of things of just how we get our message out, um, how we deliver our product. Um, so, you know, all of that stuff is key. Mm. Bro, those those are some nuggets. And in, in, in when what you're saying, kind of what I'm getting is when we look at the different assignments, if we're not careful, we can look at assignments as boundaries if we think assignments are the main thing. Exactly. When the main thing is the mission, right? If, if like for me, one of the things I always got was Desmond, you're good at relationship building. Desmond, you're so easily approachable. Desmond, it's relationship, relationship. And I used to get so frustrated at that because I was looking at, I, I, I didn't have a strong understanding of what my mission was, right? Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden I'm looking at the folk who might be more analytical and now i'm becoming jealous of them even though i'm not saying like i'm some dummy but um I'm, I'm more emotionally intelligent i would argue because there's just little things about people that i'll notice the facial expressions they're being reserved that if there's tension that's there whether it involves me or not i can sense those things and i think for a lot of people bro and what you're saying there's this challenge of looking at the assignment and looking at it as restrictions or looking at mm -hmm. it as boundaries when you should be looking at it as opportunities to accomplish the mission in a fresh way, to use your giftings and skills in a fresh way. And what I'm hearing thread 
throughout your story, it sounds like is that there has been a fresh opportunity and a fresh way to be like, cool. How am I about to use this skill and this gift that I got in this area and in this arena? Mm -hmm. Does that sound about right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, God has created each one of us with a unique set of gifts, you know, a way of thinking. Um, matter of fact, everything about your your life experience was to set you up to approach life in a certain way. Um, and so, you know, that's something that I really lean into. I'm, I'm one of 11 um, and I've met different sets of those, uh, that 11, you know, through different parts of my life. But that definitely affects how I relate to people. You know, it's mm. it definitely, I walk into a room full of people and I don't think I'm the center of attention because, you know, I, ne I never was. You know, there was always someone else's opinion to consider. Um, there was always someone else's, you know, appetite and ambitions. And um, I think I think a real critical moment for me was uh, one summer I was really, you know, before I became a big football star, of course. Um, but I, I thought I was going to the NBA for sure. Um, you know, Desmond, you've been on the other side of some of those moves. But um, I thought All I was right. going to the NBA and... You know, I really wanted to go to a basketball camp. And I remember my uh, my stepdad's hitting me down and saying, all right, Jared, cool. You know, wanted, really want to send you to this uh, basketball camp. Um, we only have enough money for the summer to do one of two things. Um, we can take, we can send you to camp and I know you'll do great. Or we can take the whole family on this vacation that we were planning. Uh, we know this means a lot, and we haven't told the family about the vacation yet. So I wanted to come to you with the decision. And for me, it was an easy decision. I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm i not going to take an opportunity for everyone away that, you know, something I also want to do. It, it was kind of an easy decision for me to choose an option that benefited everyone instead of just me. Um, yeah. And not not that that's the decision that you need to make every time. There are some times where you need to really know, you know, who you are and what's going to, you know, what's going to move you forward. And you do need to make that selfish choice, you know, to invest in yourself. Um, that's another side of that. But in that moment, I realized, wow, this is going to be a great summer for the family because we're going to get to do this together. And you know what? That's really what I want. So um i think that was a real defining moment for me as well oh that's fire I've, and and it's congruent right mm -hmm. it's it is it doesn't sound like that's just a random outlier but if you have a heart for people it's something that kind of shows up consistently in who you are right and so i i think that's fire i i, I absolutely love that so then so you kind of progress you you kind of went through the whole school college you found kind of different avenues and and different places to kind of express those gifts those skill sets right and when i'm working kind of with my clients whether it's like consulting or coaching a lot of the times um, i'm talking with like managers and directors and they're really trying to figure out a, a fresh way to engage with their supervisees and kind mm -hmm. of pull out um kind of pull out the 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 gems right the the skill sets the best right like uh i think it was coach monty williams i believe who was mm -hmm. from the suns used to say right 
I'm not calling you out. I'm calling you up. And so you talked a little bit about disc assessments. You talk a little bit about sort of the different uh, resources you used in as your role as a director. And I'm kind of interested is kind of what are some other tactics and stuff uh, for people who might be directors currently and they're trying to bring the best out of their team or someone who's like interested in kind of getting into leadership roles within their job space? What advice would you give them in terms of how to bring the best out of people? Yeah, yeah. So one of the tips um, that I would give is never come with all the answers. Okay. And so when I come to, you know, when I meet with my managers on Tuesday, um, again, I'm, I'm leading with the objective. Hey, this is the end goal. Um, and sometimes I may say, this is how I would approach doing it. Um, and I always try to, I, I do always try to have a ram in the bush as a leader. Um, especially if it's something, um, a deliverable that we have to meet. But if I come with all the answers, I'm not giving my team an opportunity to shine. So instead, um, I may just set, here are the objectives. Let's take 10 to 15 minutes. This is how I'm thinking we can get there. But, you know, talk to me. How are, you know, how would you accomplish this? What, you know, what would you like to contribute? Um, sometimes I'll even say, I'll come to them with a, suggestion of how we are all going to contribute using our different gifts just from my knowledge of what they can bring and sometimes they're kind of like yeah right on that's exactly what i can you know that's exactly what i can do and what i can contribute um that's always a great feeling as a leader like yeah i thought about that in advance i knew you'd be great at that um but then also giving space and uh you know for them to say you know actually i would like to approach it like this. How about we, you know, try this strategy? Um, so yeah, I just say never come with all the answers to your team. Um, that's often a big pitfall. And you may feel like, well, that's what leadership is, is uh, bringing to them the answer, the objective and being first into battle. You know, my approach as a leader is to also develop other leaders. And so I think that's the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost trying to think of what's the fruit of my leadership. Is it that we just got through the year, we hit all our goals, but if I'm not training other leaders and giving them opportunities to shine, then yeah, I am going to be doing the same thing for the next 50 years. You know, I have to be humble enough to step back and confident enough to step back, uh, to let someone else, you know, take a shot at it. Um, and there's a simple way to do that. You know, you really want to set people up for success. So, you know, I do really come from the, hey, watch me do it. Um, do it with me. And then I'll watch you do it. And then I'm going to go do something else. Uh, you know, so it's really that three-tiered approach where it's kind of like, this is something that I've done that I'm good at. It's a, you know, but I also see that same skill set in you, you know, whether it's I'm going to let you provide the analytics to this set of data this time, something I always do, but I'm gonna work on this part. Um, you can watch me do it this first time. And then for the next section, we'll work on it together. And then by the end of it, you should be comfortable enough taking this on yourself. So you're always growing leaders. That's how also how you cross train your team. Um, and if everybody is just as good as you, you have a really strong team. Uh, so that's really kind of how I try to approach things. Easier said than done, for sure. 
Still, though, that's fire. I, I, I like that that three-tier approach. Watch me do it, do it with me, and then you do it. And can can I add one thing to that? Because you've mm-hmm. already said you've done it. I think really, bro, it's four tiers. Is you do the I, watch me do it, do it with me. Now you do it, now perfect it and make it your own. Exactly. That's good. You know what I mean? Because you were talking about how you how they don't have to do it like you. And and that's what I'm really kind of gathering is you show them kind of a way to do it. And it's like, cool, this is how I do it. This way will definitely work. But it sounds like, and and this is even right during the gospel choir days. I remember, right, when I was the drummer back in the day. Um, shout out to all the drummers out there. Um, right, there's this way that you would show me and be like, cool, if you just do it like at the very least, like this, you'll be Gucci. But if you mm-hmm. want to take it and run with it, do it. And you know, what I mean, I, I take it and run with it. I don't know where I'd be running. Yeah, you have to have to slowly bring me back, but but I think that's fire. So you're do so you're directing, right? You're you're a husband, you're a father, you have music out, right? What what does that look like with, with the with the remaining time that we got? I really kind of want to kind of close out with the conversation of what does it look like to balance pursuing your dreams and your desires, right? And those yeah. like and those things that may not necessarily be your day-to-day job. And what does it look like pursuing that and balancing that with your dream, with with like your day-to-day job? So you have the things that you want to do, like making music, then there's also the job that you have. How do you balance those things? And how how does somebody go about like starting and getting that success that you have right now? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my apologies. The sun has officially set in D.C. So, <laughs> sorry if it's a little dark in here. Um, so, yeah, I used to, um, that you know, all these things are important for, right? You know, our family, our career, you know, of course you're putting God at the center. Um, that was kind of my, not to go on this, uh, this train of thought here. Um, I used to think that I was supposed to be, you know, just putting God first. Um, and yes, putting God first, but then all these other things are priorities too. my family, you know, my marriage, my career. Um, and what I learned was to put God at the center put God at the center of it. You know, when I'm, when I'm talking to my kids, am I, am I trying to father them out of my heart, heart for God? You know, when I'm leading my team, is God at the center of how I approach my job? That's, and that, that really helped me. And it, and it took the exhaustion out of it. It's just making sure that God was at the center of it. Um, The second thing is I learned the word balance is not really um, a biblical term. And, you know, I know that we're talking business, we're talking a lot of different areas, but that is, you know, that's really at the center of how I live my life is, yeah. um, you know, what, what's, how does the Bible teach me how to approach this? So that mm-hmm. was really something kind of in, approaching my thirties of like, wow, I got this family now I've got this career I'm trying to grow. Then I've got all these other interests and God, you know, how do I balance it? And I was going to all these different um, you know, preachers and businessmen and these successful people. And I kept, I was kind of getting frustrated because they kept telling me the same thing. And they were like, balance, you know, why would you want balance? And I didn't get that, you know? Um, 
their feedback to me was balance means you're staying still. You're, you're keeping both sides. You're not moving forward on either side and you're exhausting yourself without making any forward progression in anything. And so is balance really what you want? And that really, that really, that was kind of like a two year, just pause on life and, you know, figure out what that, cause that, I think I, I built most of my life, even how I de designed my major. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, have some music with some business, with some athletics. Oh man, you're going to be a well-rounded man. That's a good foundation. Like I approached my life trying to create this balance, right? You know, um, but I really learned in my 30s, that's that's not the goal. The word I've used to, I've learned to replace balance with is rhythm. Mm. Rhythm, you know, sometimes, and um, that's, I think that is biblical, where it says for everything, there is a season. Um, so I've learned that there's, there's a season to step back from ministry and focus on my marriage. There's a season for me to be at my kids' games um, and really me maximizing, also me being maximizing the time and being present in whatever room that I'm in at the time. Um, but yeah, when it comes to rhythm, what that looks like for me is uh, my wife and I, we, we learned to talk about the year in advance and say, these are the things that we're trying to accomplish together. And um, I have to really listen to say, okay, these are the things that she's trying to accomplish. Um, what we're not going to have is balance the entire year. There's going to be times of the year where she, you know, she's going after her degree or, you know, pursuing a new um, work opportunity. And I need to, you know, come home a little earlier from work and, you know, hold down the house um, to support her. Um, in regards to music, music is a huge thing for me. Um, I've been able to, you know, release two songs. Um, and in 2020, during the pandemic, you know, I think for a lot of artists, that was a great time. We're like, wow, we're home. Um, for some reason, I had just a lot of just spare money. I was working in the education technology field. Um, and I was like, wow, I have the money. I have the time to really put towards some of this music. And you know what? That was the season for it. And it was in rhythm. Um, my wife had started school. And so if we've learned, if we learn to work within the rhythms and the seasons, you know, that God is affording us, it takes a lot of the pressure off. We've, I think God has placed too much in us to expect that we're going to be working everything that he's created us to work out all at one time. That's exhausting. You know, even mm. God's you know, we even see that in how he, you know, he, he in seven days he create, you know, he created the earth and then he rested. Yeah. And then what did he do after that? He delegated. Facts. That's, that's a good one. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, I don't have this mastered at all. Um, I think I'm like at level two of this, but to really, um, I really kind of shifted from trying to achieve balance in my life to really trying to, dis to discern what's this season and what's the rhythm um, in which I need to run at um, so I can accomplish things, but also, yeah, just kind of have some sort of peace, um, mm. not throw everything else out of whack. So that's, uh, that's, 
that's how I would approach that. I love that. I love that. And and it's thoughtful and it's not just it's not just something that you do, but it's something that you have to kind of sit down. You have to kind of collect your thoughts. You have to reflect. Um, if if you're if if you're a person, if you're a person of faith like me and you, it's taking that time to pray. Um, if you meditate, meditate, whatever that is, it, it looks like for for whoever's listening, but it requires I like how you're talking about really kind of the intentionality of being reflective and being kind of mindful and whether it's kind of, and being mindful, not just about yourself, but being mindful about your spouse, being mindful about the, the, the state of your own mind and the state of your own heart. And, and yeah, man, I, I, I don't know if that's something that we're good at a lot as people anymore. It's kind of that go, 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 go. And so real quick, I want to know, um, because you've given us mad gems first off, right? Like it's the 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 inspired fam. Let me hold up. Let me let me get a single shot real quick cuz I, I I need I need to holler at y'all. Yo, y'all got some y'all literally got a leadership like one like 100 level, 200 level, whatever level you need. You just got like straight up leadership development workshop in less than an hour. So you're welcome. Just just wanted to put that out there. You're welcome. So with so you talked about how you got some music and stuff. Um, so do you have like any songs, um, any projects or things that you have coming out or that have come out? Yeah, definitely. Um, as I mentioned in 2020, I was able actually I was about 2021. Um, 2021 and 2022, I released two projects, the first one being uh Cluttered Heart. Um, that was kind of just talking about how, again, I have all these things, all these dreams, all these things that I want to accomplish, but there's so many distractions. There's so many other things cluttering my heart, stopping me from focusing on what's important. So, um, you know, that was kind of my first project that I put out. And then um, Five Smooth Stones was the my most recent um, release. And uh, that did pretty well. I got about, you know, 40,000 streams uh, internationally, uh, you know, talk about exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. Um, you know, so currently I'm, I'm just I have a ton of projects um, that I'm just working on as I go. Um, I'm working on a project called God is and another project called Faith Over Fear that I'm hoping to release in the next year or so. Um, and, you know, also just kind of writing for different churches and building worship teams and uh, environments for different churches through an organization called Guest Worship. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with my music right now and just taking it all in rhythm. That, hey, way to be on brand and taking it all in rhythm. I love that. And so you, so you're kind of knocking out really a lot of stuff and you're giving us kind of the nuggets and and really the, the the tips really to kind of walk in that rhythm and kind of taking everything in stride. And one of the last things, um, not one of the last things, one of the things you said that really stuck out to me kind of as we close is this idea of you don't have to do everything at once. Exactly. Because when you try to do everything at once, Oftentimes, right, and I'm a, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm I'm gonna bite off your uh the the I'm gonna bite off kind of the the idea that you took and I'm gonna just run with it. When and that really spoke to me because I'm really guilty at times of 
I need to I need to build this business and then this business and I got to get this clothing brand up and going. I got to get these products out. And when you kind of are focused on so many things, you're not giving your full self to any particular one type of focus. You're not giving your full self to any one particular idea, especially like how we would believe in God ideas. Right. And so and how we believe that a, a, a double minded person is unstable in all of their ways. And so. I think you hit the nail on the head and I, and I just wanted to reiterate that of this idea of there is nothing wrong with just focusing on one thing and putting your eggs in that basket, right? You can put your eggs in that one basket because I promise you, if you're putting in that work and you're doing what you got to do, you'll come to find that somehow, some way, more eggs will pop up eventually more eggs always seem i don't know about you but more eggs have always when i put my eggs into one thing and i gave it my all even if it didn't fully work out i happen to come across more eggs later and right. this idea of not spreading yourself spreading yourself into multiple things at once but maybe just attacking one thing at a time getting it steady then building from there and and that's what i'm hearing kind of thread throughout through your story and that's really powerful bro so I want to give you the last word before we finish up. Anything you want to tell the folk, bro? Anything you want to kind of close with? Yeah, um, I think the the biggest thing is to stay consistent. Um, you know, God has a destiny and a purpose for everyone, um, whether that's in business, whether that's music, ministry, um, you know, whatever you find your hands to do, do it unto the glory of God, right? Um, but stay consistent with it. Um, if you're, there's been times where I've been able to focus on three things at once and build those things. And then there was times where I had to kind of put the music aside, focus on my career, focus on my family. But, um, because I was consistent in those things, there came another season where I was able to, you know, bring that back, or this became a blessing to support. Um, you know, I'm in a time now where I have my career and I'm able to, sing on Sundays at other churches, and that's providing resources for my kids' private school. Um, so these things always come back to bless us in other ways. Everything that you need for success in life, God's already put in you. So it's just being faithful, being faithful and being a good steward with what you've been entrusted with. Couldn't have said it better myself, bro. So yeah, I think Man, I'm not even going to try to tag on to that. Yo, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, again, I want to just give uh, love and a round of applause to my brother, Coop, uh, for, for just giving us game, bro, and kind of giving us game from uh, a 30,000-point view and kind of really helping just the Inspired fam. And so, hey, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in thank y'all so much for rocking with us if you like this please can check out the youtube page uh check out coop on his socials at yep. j blake cooper right and also right you can check me out on everything that i have the all the content and stuff in the description below but hey y'all have a great one we'll see y'all in the next episode peace see you